Listen up, get ready, I'm not gonna take no more. There's a revolution, a revelation going on in my soul. Buckle up, get ready, we're not gonna say Okay, everybody, it's time for another edition of the Live from the Heartland show. From Chicago, I'm Michael James, and this is number 144 during the time of the pandemic. It is for the week of March 18th. We are recording it on the 15th. And today I'm going to be joined by my pal, sometimes a host, sometimes a producer. He's certainly on the board, Tom Clark. And then we're going to have Amisha Patel from the Brandon Johnson campaign and Lenny Mana Hoppingworth, who is in a runoff for the alder person position in the 48th Ward. So stay tuned here for the next hour, however you're getting it on radio on YouTube, on uh, Spotify, or Google Podcasts, or Can TV, We're glad you're here joining us. So uh, we welcome all your friends, your neighbors, your comrades, your citizens of the world, and on your mark, get set, go. One of the best things that happened to me this week um, was that I'm over the COVID, I'm back in the pool, and I had a photo exhibit opening on Friday night at the Yuri Eichen Gallery. I'll keep mentioning that for the next month or so, because you can go to the closing, which is on April 7th, a Friday night, or you can actually make an appointment and go in there all by yourself and check it out at your leisure. So I've got Tom Clark here. Uh, Tom is a trusty buddy who uh, helps me out when I need him, and I try to help him out too. And uh, he is gonna tell us a little bit about one of his favorite activities, being a senior, uh, no longer with a stroller, but hanging out with his grandson. So good morning to you. Good afternoon to you, Tom. It's it's good to see you, Michael, and great guests you have coming up. Those will be great conversations with, with uh, important uh, political activists. Um, um, we have an opportunity coming up next week on the first day of spring, March 21st. A bunch of elders are going to march with strollers around Chase Bank because they're spending too much money on big oil, plain and simple. We have probably over 70% of the deposits at big banks like Wells Fargo and Chase. And uh, they've made commitments in the past to follow a Paris Peace Accord, uh, uh, climate change controls, but they haven't kept their promises. In the last, over the last five years, something like $1.2 trillion in loans. I mean, I'm a small depositor. I've been there 30 years, and I'm tired of my money being used this way. So... We're going to go out because we want our next generation to have some of the earth left. And if we keep drilling and drilling like President Biden agreed to do this past week in, up in Alaska, uh, you know, if not now, when are we going to stop this craziness? I mean, it's uh, remarkable to me how quickly we seem to be moving to electric or hybrid cars, just to show one example about how we can change. But, you know, the big investments are still going to big oil to drill, drill, drill. As far as I'm concerned, we got to keep it in the ground. March 21st, 11 a.m., Chase Bank, 10 South Dearborn. The more the merrier. We're going to have a lot of fun with banners and chants, and we hope some music. We'll see what happens. But the main image is <laughs> Grandma and Grandpa with strollers, um, hoping that our grandkids will be able to celebrate Mother Earth. Um, well, I like this. I like that the older people are being called to action. And... Um, you uh, you called it uh, something in your promotion. It's not like third wave, but the third act. Third act. So this is the Illinois chapter. Uh, third act is sponsoring over 90 of these uh, actions around the country on March 21st. 
first day of spring, and they're all targeting in their respective communities the four big banks that finance big oil uh, to the large to the largest extent. In Chicago, we're targeting Chase, and we're actually going to have postcards people can fill out to send into Jimmy Diamond, the CEO Chase, to say change your lending policies. It's time to stop drilling. Let's invest in the future, or as my wife says. Uh, oh, I'm I'm going to blow her 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 great slogan that she'll be using. But we want to fund the future, not fossils. I like it, uh, and I like the idea of seniors being called to action. I know there's an awful lot of us seniors. In fact, in fact, a lot of guests on the show, not necessarily today, but our our older folks have been around, and um, uh, I won't have a stroller. Because uh, my grandkids are either bigger, and hopefully there'll be more to come. And you, your grandkid is uh, too big for a stroller, but we're allowed to go anyhow, right? We are indeed. And in fact, uh, the more the merrier, because we have some uh, banners and posters and signs, and maybe even a few more ambassadors to pass out some information. But we're looking to mostly have a good time and a good crowd. We we expect dozens of of elders from the third act group alone but we've already heard about other people who want to join in. There are about 12 sponsoring organizations. I don't have the list in front of me, but it's a wide range of organizations, not your usual suspects, but Sierra Club's been helping us out, a couple of different faith-based groups. It's quite an amazing coalition of elders and others who want to change the way Chase practices its lending. And well, um, I like it. there are better ways to make money than drilling out more oil. I don't get to go to the bank very often since you can just sign a check now and, and deposit it. But, uh, you know, I have planned to go by Walgreens and give them a piece of my mind. Yeah, or, well, that's another one. Stuff, and I, I will stop at the Chase Bank and give them a little piece of my mind. Um, I'm going to go down a list here pretty quickly because we got uh, people who are active out there trying to get people elected. And... Um, so I'm just going to go down it. If you want to chime in during this banter, Tom, just jump in or just give me the signal. First off, I'm going to say uh, Israel remains in turmoil. Uh, it's a sad ship. They're trying to limit the role of the Supreme Court over there. Netanyahu has had to make coalition with some extreme right-wing parties to keep his seat. And it's a sad ship from their democratic aspirations to really a state of apartheid. I, well, I, I have a 50-year perspective on this. I volunteered on a kibbutz uh, three days, three years after the Six-Day War. The aspirations of that young country at the time were pretty phenomenal, given everything else going on in the Middle East. And amazingly enough, oil, again, comes into the picture. Uh, so here it is 50 years later. We're still fighting the friggin' same battle. And in this case, we see an aspiring democracy turning into an apartheid state. It's really sad. It's uh, 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 just a terrible time for Palestinians who've not had it so good the last couple of decades. Uh, the last couple of months have just been terrible. And uh, promises made, not kept, uh, is more and more the case uh, with both the current leadership. It's not where the country's at, but one of the last bastions for constitutional law, the Supreme Court, is being undercut by this new far right-wing coalition that's running the so-called government. They really are much more an authoritarian state. I want to try and be like the guys, if you've ever watched the sports show, Pardon the Interruption, where they have a limited amount of time and they cover a whole lot of stuff really quick. So go here ahead. I go. Voting in Chicago, remember, and we're going to talk about this later in the show, 
We have a mayoral race that is going to take place on April 4th. Uh, it's really important they become engaged. Only 38% of people turned out uh, in the, the first election. Uh, hopefully, we'll do better. On the aldermanic races, there's a lot of runoffs. Uh, in the 30th Ward, Jessica Gutierrez is up against Ruth Cruz. In the 43rd Ward, Timmy Knudsen is versus Brian Comer. In the 45th Ward, Jim Gardner is uh, Jim I'm, he's up against Megan Mathias. I think we're probably for Mathias in that one. Yes, we are. In the 46th Ward, Angela Clay versus Kim Walsh. Angela Yay. was a guest on the show way back uh, four years ago or whatever. Hopefully, we'll get her again. And in the 48th Ward, and we'll have her on the show later, Lenny Mana Hoppenworth versus Joe Dunn. Uh, over in Wisconsin, I got an email from uh, the governor, and he said... He's never emailed before, but it's an urgent matter. It's the Wisconsin Supreme Court election also on the 4th, and it will decide a lot of things, not only in Wisconsin, but how uh, perhaps the 2024 election goes. Uh, the person we're rooting for up there is Janet Protasiewicz, and uh, she is a Democrat, and if she wins, and she did do well in the primary, uh, that will be good. On the abortion. There's a postcard campaign that people can easily participate in. You know how to contact me if you want to know more. And your email is thomnewstips at gmail.com. Correct. Right on. Okay, moving right along. On the abortion pill. Uh, there's a lot of news out there about it, but I was reading the Texas Monthly. Their headline is how a far how a right-wing law firm shaped the judge who will rule on the abortion pill. And before Donald Trump appointed uh, Matthew C-A-Z-Z-M-A-R-Y-C, he was appointed a federal judge. He cut his teeth on the first Liberty Institute, a religious uh, liberty practice with Texas roots. Uh, he's always been against abortion, and he, uh, in his confirmation hearings, he came out against same-sex marriage, and he also came out against trans people. And basically, In other words, a typical Trump judge. Yeah, one of those kind of guys. <laughs> um, this is part I of the legacy of the former president, whose name I don't particularly want to mention, um, but we're going to be living with it for years. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's problematic. Um, you already mentioned the oil drilling in Alaska, where the Biden, who is probably shifting to the center a little bit in order to get ready for his reelection campaign. Uh, he says he's blaming it on Trump. Uh, he has scaled it back a little, but they're still going to do some drilling in a pristine area of Alaska. Not a good thing. Um, Keep it in the ground. Keep it in the ground. Keep it in the ground. On labor front, we've talked about it a lot over the last few weeks. I'm just going to say that workers are out today, and we're recording on the 15th in France and Great Britain, and certainly around the country in the United States. On our sports front, we have a wonderful opportunity to watch baseball right now with the World Baseball Classic. World Baseball Classic. Let me just say, with with you know the NCAA happening and in, in the Big Ten Big Ten tournament, the workers at the United Center got a contract uh, approval from Levy, and it's actually a pretty big victory. Um, that is, I knew they were out there protesting. And uh, we will see Northwestern and Illinois in the uh, March Madness. We'll see for how long. The Bulls have actually picked it up, and we hope they'll win tonight. Um, and uh, opening day is the 30th. The Cubs are at home. The Sox are in Houston. 
And last week we had Marilyn Katz talking about the women's movement in general. And we had Robin Gable, a congresswoman who's now head of the Democratic uh, Caucus in the state legislature. And they were both on. And you can go to youtube.com slash heartlandmedia slash videos, and you can uh, hear what they had to say, because both of them had good things to say. Tom, thanks for joining me. Uh, I'll have you back in another week or two, and we'll give you get to have you do another roundup of things going on that you think are worthy of sharing. How about it? You accept that? Very good. And wish Miss Patel my best. Lenny's going to have an interesting effort in '48. It's it's pretty exciting. Hal, you're going to give us a little music, and we'll be right back with our first guest. Stay tuned here on the left end of your dial to the Live from the Heartland show. Okay, welcome back to more Live from the Heartland for the week of the 18th of March. And I'm really honored now to bring on someone who is involved in trying to elect Brandon Johnson, our next mayor, and that would be Amisha Patel of the Brandon Johnson campaign. Good afternoon to you, Amisha. Hey, good afternoon. Glad to be here. It's, I'm really glad to have you. Why don't you tell us a brief bit about yourself and your role in the campaign? Sure. Um, so I'm a longtime community and labor organizer. I've been working in Chicago for over 20 years, um, doing organizing workers into unions and then um, leading the Grassroots Collaborative, which is a community labor um, coalition. Um, I left my job at the end of last year, which was quite a big thing to do, but it was it was time for me to think about a different role. And it's been um, really great and wonderful wonderful to get to put time into um, electing Brandon as our next mayor of Chicago. So for the campaign, the work that I do, I have worked on um, helping put together um, most of its policy platforms that you see on his website, convening people who I'm not an expert on everything, but I know people who are. And so pulling together the advocates and specialists on a range of issues that help really draft um, much of his platforms. And currently, I'm playing the role of director of community outreach, as well as, you know, trying to think about what happens next, right after um, April 5th and beyond. So that's also really fun to get to do. 
Well, I'm going to save that what happens next to later in the interview. Uh, Amisha Patel, uh, tell us a little bit about Brandon Johnson and uh, the roots of this campaign. Sure. So Brandon Johnson um, is a public school teacher um, who uh, eventually decided to continue um, to organize um, as staff of Chicago Teachers Union. I think I, that's when I first met him, so maybe about 15 years ago, um, and getting to work on really critical issues like uh, um, getting an elected representative school board or fighting, you know, to make sure that we passed the the fair tax amendment, um, you know, a range of different issues that we've gotten to work on side by side. Uh, for since 2018, he's also been my Cook County commissioner. Um, so that's also really lovely to get to see and connect with him in that way and, and to see him fight for, um, you know, for many different pieces to make sure that folks um, have equal and full access to housing, right? That don't, don't have, have their records used against them and being able to secure um, quality housing um, being able to, you know, his work to prioritize, um, you know, uh, communities of color and Black people specifically with his budget for Black lives. So getting to getting to see him, you know, sort of be part of serving the community from whether it was for his time as a as a public school teacher to his time as an elected official, um, and really through all of it, really, him bringing his sense sensibility as an organizer. Which to me is actually is so is what's most exciting about um, uh, a mayor, a mayor Brandon Johnson, is that we really have someone rooted in organizing, rooted in community, um, who's on the fifth floor, um, which has been many decades <laughs> since that's been the case. So um, very exciting moments. No, that's good to hear. Okay, he's running against a guy who's far more conservative and kind of uh, whether he intends it or not, I think he probably does, is a little bit of a great white hope kind of candidate. Um, that would be Paul Ballas, who um, I'd like to share that he has pretty much failed everywhere he's gone, uh, running school boards, et cetera. And uh, he appears to, uh, why he's running for mayor, I don't know, but uh, he didn't do well the last time he tried it. How does the campaign look to you? Um, how does, uh, you know, it, some people said right on, it was probably, uh, the opposition's to lose. Uh, it seems like Brandon is uh, picking up steam. What's your sense of the campaign and how do you see it going? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I think as an organizer, I'll say there have been so many campaigns that I've started off on and people are like, that's impossible. You're not going to get it. <laughs> I remember, I will I will, I will, not name him, but a prominent journalist Um we were on a panel together and I was talking about the fight for 15 at the early, the early days of it and coming out of the, um, coming out of this, the, uh, the TV station, he was like, it's not going to happen. You know, like this is, you know, it's like, I get it. You're going to like call for it, but it's never going to happen. So anyway, I feel like this is again, once, once again, the case here with Brandon, when he first, uh, you know, ran, he was, you know, yeah, people, a lot of people didn't know him. And so expected very little about his ability to um, to make it here, right? Including um, uh, uh, Mayor Lightfoot as well, right? Who just a few weeks ago said, "There's no way we're going to have, uh, you know, a Mayor Johnson." And and I think what we have known is like that actually that the challenge was just that people getting to know Brandon 
and getting to listen to him, but that if they actually had that opportunity, they'd be with him. That what his values are, what his beliefs are, and what his record is, is all rooted in community, um, all rooted in Chicago and um, in what neighborhoods across the city are looking for. So we've really seen that to be true. We've uh, had an incredible field operation um, that has, you know, reached Certainly not every corner of the city, but it's been a massive, a massive force that's only growing. The number of volunteers have exploded since he made the runoff. Um, and then, of course, you know, some fun, some good funding from primarily labor unions, right? People who who are with working people and working families every single day to to get him on um, on air. And so, where do I think we're at now? I think um, I think we're on track to win, um, and it's going to be really tough like it's not this is there's no slam dunks in this race it is going to be it's an epic battle i think reminiscent um certainly of uh of harold washington um his first fight in and like it feels very much like you know you can see the kind of corporate powers coalescing um private equity is uh paul dallas's primary funder if you look at who's pouring money into him um it is big business it is the financial industry um it is uh folks who support police, you know, sort of uh, mass policing and criminalization. Um, it is folks who uh, have very homophobic viewpoints um, and are very, you know, um, affiliated with uh, right-wing politics. And um, there's a lot of money when you talk about that group of people, right, um, in terms of our opposition. And um, and so that's the battle, right, is like, can we, can we, you know, raise enough funds, continue to raise enough funds to really compete, which I think we can, um, and we're doing that. And how do we have those conversations, right, door to door um, across the city to talk about um, what who Brandon is? And we know when we have them, we're, people are with us immediately. So we're really excited. Um, and it's, we need every single vote. Um, we don't. People who are sitting on the sidelines um, is going to be uh, just going to sort of put more, leave more power in the hands of the opposition. So we've got to make sure folks come out. Well, we had uh, a lot of younger people sort of came around for Brandon. You know, I mean, I confess to have been a Chewy supporter uh, from the old, you know, you go way back with Chewy, uh, and uh, I'm very fond of him. But I don't think he ran a very good campaign. And I also think that Johnson, uh, Brandon picked up a lot of steam, particularly from young people. I know in my own family, two of my uh, three kids in Chicago uh, came out for Brandon. Uh, and um, I just, what's your take on how much energy the youth have and uh, in just the whole notion of turning out people? What are you doing? What are you doing about that? Yeah, no, it's a great question. I mean, you know, looking at the vote totals, we know we really want to increase the number of young people voting um, and how hard that is on a runoff election, right? Like to uh, like for people to even know there's wait, there's one more election still. One wait, more time. <laughs> you've got to come out again. It's not over. Um, so, I mean, I think what we're really trying to do is animate people, right? Because that's the key is like and, and, his, and Brandon's vision is, I think, our key. Um, our, our, our big power in animating voters and young people in particular. So we've got we've got efforts to organize students. Um, we've got more capacity this time than we did. You know, it definitely was like a, a very small, nimble team. I was a volunteer, you know, just volunteering 20 hours a week to try to like help make things go. Um, and so we've got a little bit more of a team now, which is great. It continues to grow. And so we've got student-based organizing at a different level than um, before the runoff, which is really exciting. Um, really trying to figure out how to keep engaging 
um, folks who work with young people uh, to be able to, especially like new, 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 newly 18 year olds and 19 year olds, right, whose first election this might be, and to really, again, have brand, like the big thing I think is getting people to um, hear from him in some way or the other, right? And that's because we know that young people, when they hear him, it makes like he knows how to speak to young people, he knows how to engage young people, and that's really going to be key um, to April 4th. Amisha Patel, uh, I just thought I want to share with you, you probably know that uh, Maria Haddon in the 49th Ward turned her campaign office into a Brandon office. And uh, anyone wants to pick up a sign, you go to Morse and Greenview, and uh, there are plenty of them to, to have. They got a new shipment in. What do you think is the main difference between the two candidates? Uh, what, what is the one thing? I mean, there's a lot of stuff about the police coming on, and we know that uh, the kind of neo-Nazi, I hate to say it, but he apparently is the Katzenzara of the uh, Fraternal Order of the Police. He's come out for uh, the opposition candidate. Uh, what, so there's a lot of stuff, and Brandon seems to have modified his position on the police a little bit. What do you think is the biggest issue, or do you want to address the police issue? I mean, I think so. Brandon, so let's we'll talk about safe public safety first. I mean, I think that um, the message where, that he and the campaign is trying to put out is really separate policing from public safety, right? Like police equals public safety is the dominant narrative. So the only questions that people want to ask Brandon is like police, police, police. And I think having the broader question about, well, let's first talk about prevent. If we want to address crime, let's talk about prevention first, right? Um, and not just like, you know, policing is an after the fact thing. It's not a preventive for, um, solution by any means. And I think that like, and I think he's done a really good job of lifting that up. Um, and of course they want to be able to like the, get to that, the kind of punchline of, you know, trying to get Brandon to say, well, what about police? Are you going to have more of them or less of them, right? Like, where do you stand on it? And I think the reality of what we've got to do as organizers, um, but certainly also Brandon, but as organizers, what we need to do is continue to have those conversations about what is actually public safety, which is not a soundbite, right? Like, more police is a soundbite, and it's a thing that, like, people can say over and over and are seldom questioned about, well, one, how are you going to get more police? Two, how does that equal more safe, like, you know, greater safety? Um, but, you know, we know the burden is much more on someone who has a much more, much bigger vision of, pu of public safety and policing. And so, um, you know, so I think that we, we want, like, his values are really clear. And how does he get to enacting those values is going to take some time. It's not going to be an overnight thing in the administration um, once he's in office. Um, but I think that that's the challenge that he's in is that like, that's the position that people want to put him into. Um, but I'm, you know, I think that we're really clear about his, like what, what actually needs to happen to make uh, Chicago safer. And that is about greater investment um, in education, in after school programs and job and youth employment. Um, that's when we talk, like, let's get into the details about that. Would love to hear right. Paul Bellis talk about, well, how do you prevent crime? What is it? What are you going to do to make sure that our communities are resourced? Um, and, you know, to get to your point of the difference, I think this leads quite like smoothly into the biggest difference between the two is that um, Brandon is rooted in people and community and has um, lived his whole life um, centering community and people. And Paul Vallis has lived his life really um, butchering people and communities 
uh, in terms of cuts, right? Cuts to programs, cuts to service, privatization, um, really trying to shrink government, shrink what resource, public safety net of people. Um, and I think Brandon's really rooted in expanding public services, expanding, right? Not just even holding the line, but let's actually talk about the world that we want. And that vision of the world that we want is completely different between Ballas and, and Johnson. Well, it's very true. And um, uh, we, we saw a situation where we had, uh, you know, nine candidates running for mayor. And we had, I think, seven of them were African-American. Uh, Brandon, you know, didn't carry any awards. I think he got 40% in some. Uh, but it's a different game now. And uh, I'm just wondering if you think there will be any endorsements coming from well, the current mayor or from Chewy Garcia. I mean, I'm I'm putting the word out as best I can that Chewy should come out and endorse him. I think it would be good for the movement as a whole. Uh, what's your take on that? We did see Jesse White, who you know was a neat guy for many years in some ways, kind of random motor vehicles, et cetera. And all of a sudden, he comes out with a lot of ads, and you pointed out the big money behind Vallis. Uh, uh, but Jesse White and Burnett both came out, as well as uh, Willie Wilson. Uh, what do we got? What do you think about the chances of endorsement uh, by Chewy, et cetera, et cetera? What do you got to tell me? Um, I think the chances are really high. I'm really confident about um, a few different uh, candidates um, who ran for mayor coming out to endorse Brandon um, shortly. So um, lots of conversations are in the works. Um, I wish I could announce something today, but I can't. But I can say very clearly that we're we're very confident about um, about some upcoming endorsements uh, for folks like you know. I mean, Chewy has been uh, such a leader for 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 decades in this work in this fight, and um, you know the the primary was ugly was ugly on our side of, you know, like in the fight to um, of, like to get to the runoff. It's not how I would have wanted it to go at all. And it left, you know, I think a lot of fractures that I think are working, we're prioritizing um, very hard. Many, many folks are working to try to heal those fractures, right? And to, and to move forward together. Um, you know, I think that like, this is a hard, you know, as an organizer, I, you know, I think we're, I'm very much trained and many of us are trained as like, it's us versus them. It's like, you know, it's like the good guys, the bad guys. And I think too much of it, we fell into a lot of that, um, you know, during the, you know, the last set of months, like it, it was not okay. And so I do think there's a lot of learning for like, how do we, how do we move forward together? Um, and how do we do this in a way that actually brings us together instead of fracturing us? And I have to say, um, there were a lot of things, I think, um, both camps that were not, I just, as someone watching it, not in, you know, not in control of things, but boy, um, or not how we should have done it. And I think there's some, you know, there's some good work to, he uh, to heal that. Uh, and I'm hopeful of where we go, how, how we go forward. Hey, spoiler alert. When we talk about endorsements and we can't get the word out of our guests, we know who Chewy Garcia is endorsing, and it's Brandon Johnson. Back to the show. Enjoy. Well, I'm, I'm really glad to hear that. And I did. I do want to point out that 36 members of the newly elected police district councils have come out for Brandon. And I'm sure there will be more. I'm not sure how those all races fell, progressive, non-progressive, but... Uh, Certainly, a, a lot of good people were elected to that. Um, well, uh, we're going to run out of time because you have another meeting and we have another guest. Uh, I really appreciate you, Amisha Patel, for coming on. Do you want to give us any little parting 
shot of enthusiasm and uh, eager and go forth into the world to make it a better place. Because Chicago is really a progressive town. We've got a lot of progressive people in the city council. There'll be more. Uh, whoever is going to be the mayor is going to have to deal with that. And, uh, you know, we, we've come a long way since the days of the first daily, and we don't want to lose that. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm just, anytime anyone asks me how I'm doing, the answer is like, I'm amazing, because this moment is amazing. Um, there's so much possibility in front of us that we just like in my lifetime have like, you know, not in my lifetime, I was eight with a, when Harold Washington in 1983, but, um, I was there. But, <laughs> but like, you know, it's been a long time. And I think this moment has, you know, huge significance, of course, for Chicago, definitely also for national significance, right, for where the Democratic Party goes, um, how we actually go on the offense for and fight for what we need, how we show what's possible. Um, uh, if we actually prioritize working people and working families. Um, and and I'm, I'm so excited. And I think really, for everyone listening, um, it, it is about how we move forward together. Please volunteer to phone bank, to door knock, to canvas, like we like talk to your neighbors, talk to your friends, get them out. Um, that's going to be the biggest thing because we know um, we know that ballot supporters like and where the where his votes came from are going to come out again. Um, and we've really got to make sure that all of our folks um, know about Brandon, know who he is, know where he comes from, and, and that he really is going to be it's a different kind of accountability than we've seen in quite some time. Um, and we're going to hold him accountable, right? Like that's <laughs> lots of lessons from Obama, right? Like we've got to like continue to push hard on the left and push for what we want. And we'll do that, but we've got to first get him elected. So um, so really all hands on deck and I'm really excited to get a chance to talk with you about him today. April 4th, April 4th. Okay. And you can vote now. I mean, there's a lot of ways to do it. Amisha March 20th. March 20th. Um, early voting starts March 20th. So like oh, get, it, get it in. Yeah. All right. Amisha Patel, I look forward to meeting you in person. I've heard great things about you and you keep up the good work and we'll Thank do what so we much. can. Thank you. Thanks okay. for having me. Stay tuned here on the left end of your dial or however you're getting the show. We're on CanTV. We're on YouTube.com slash Heartland Media. We're on Google and Spotify podcasts. But you spread this interview around, and I'll get you a copy of just your interview without the whole show if you want to send it to your friends. Okay, we'll be right back. Uh, Hal, our engineer, my son, uh, going to play us a little music, and we'll be right back with our next guest, Lenny Manahopimworth who is running for Alderwoman in the 48th Ward. Right back.
Okay, we're back with more Live from the Heartland for the week of March 18th, and it gives me great pleasure to bring on someone who I haven't seen in about seven years, but was a guest on this show way back. That would be the one, the only Lenny Mana Hoppingworth. And she is running in a runoff for the aldermanic position of the 48th Ward, which is the ward to the south of the beloved 49th, where the show originates. So good afternoon to you, Lenny. Thank you so much, Michael. Thank you for being, uh, for having me here. I, I'm excited to talk to you today and to be such a great neighbor to you in the 48th Ward. As you might know, um, Maria Haddon, Alderwoman of the 49th Ward, recently endorsed me. I wouldn't have expected her to do anything but. Uh, she's a great Alderwoman, and I'm sure she would love to have you by her side over there in the City Council. It looks like there's going to be a lot of good people in the council, and you certainly have a good shot. How does it look to you right now, your race? It looks great. Every day, every morning I go out and I, I talk to voters. I love walking around and seeing mothers. Like today, I, I walked through my neighborhood and someone stopped me and said, Lenny, and, and they were with, uh, the mother was with their two kids. Lenny, no matter what happens in this race, I really want you to come and talk to my daughter's Girl Scout troops because <laughs> they would be very interested to learn what you know what made you want to run for office and why why it matters and because there's a democracy badge that they can earn and so you can help them earn their badge. Well, what did make you decide to run to office? How did you uh, come to this position? And who influenced you? I mean, how did it come about? Yeah, so like a lot of you heard, many people in city council decided to retire, run for other offices. And in the 48th board, my alder person, Harry Osterman, decided to retire. So he announced. And that day, I got so many calls from people in the neighborhood, friends, community leaders, um, business owners, local business owners, and Chamber of Commerce members, uh, mothers who wanted to know if if I wanted to run for office. And so I sat my family down at the dinner table uh, because I said, hey, I'm, I'm thinking about running for office. And they said, yeah, yeah, mom. And then I sat them down <laughs> at the dinner table and I said, look, if I run for office, we will not be able to get off that roller coaster until it ends. So, which will be years away. <laughs> yes, yes, or many elections away. So, yes. Yeah, so I'm going to get on this roller coaster, and 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 I explained to them why I wanted to do it. I wanted I want to do what I'm already doing, which is being a good neighbor, being a good community member. You know, caring for each other you know, doing things for our local public schools, doing things as a local business owner alongside the Chamber of Commerce to make Andersonville the coolest neighborhood to live in Chicago and 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 in this planet, you know, and and organizing coalitions to do amazing things like with the Women's March and Indivisible. So I, I and working with our uh, local elected officials at the local state and federal levels to pass good policies that help us all. So I want to do that as, as an elected official. And my daughter, who is now a freshman at Northwestern, who was 
waitressing several summers down the street street at Svea, went to her room and she came back with two envelopes of cash and she put it on the table and she said, I want to be your first donor, go for it. <laughs> well, that's good. And I'm, uh, you know, we like Terry. I don't think he was as progressive as we always kind of pushed him to be, but he was certainly a nice guy. And um, the 48th Ward is something special for many years. It's a lot of good stuff. I'm a big fan of Scout over there, who has my photographs. If you're in there, tell Larry he better vote for you, and I'll I'll come over and tell him too. Um, how about telling our our listeners, our viewers, a little bit about the 48th Ward? So the 48th Ward, luckily for the 48th Ward, we're surrounded by amazing older people. To the north, we have Maria Haddon. To the west, we have Andre Vasquez, actually right across the street from me, because Andersonville is split between the 48th Ward and the 40th Ward. Uh -huh. Yes, and then Matt Martin to the south of us. And it is one, and we're right on the lakefront. We're one of the most diverse and dense wards in Chicago. And I know from experience, one of the most progressive, it seems. I was an organizer for the Women's March from Illinois to DC and back. And many people who jumped on buses with me, the 10,000 who came from Illinois, many of them came from this area. I worked at the Chicago Reader also on the publishing side, and many oh. people who read the Chicago Reader live in this ward. And so um, I also am the co-founder of Indivisible IL-9, um, the Congressional District, Ninth District, and also Indivisible Illinois, and many people who came to our events came from this ward. So uh, we also have amazing neighborhood public schools. And we have about more than 40 languages spoken in, in our grade schools and high schools. We have Uptown, Edgewater, and Andersonville. And in Uptown, we have Asia on Argyle, which is a historic district in itself, along with the Bryn Mawr Historic District, which is where my campaign Edgewater campaign office is right now at 1129 West Bryn Mawr. So please stop by at any time. We're right by the, the red line here on Bryn Mawr. So, so this is a very, um, we, we vote, we, we turn out the vote, we vote by mail. We're um, very inclusive. We have one of the largest LGBTQ populations in, in this ward. I am a queer woman of color, and I've talked to so many, so many who have come from California of all places, and LA in particular, in the past two weeks, who have said, Lenny, I moved here, and it's because I feel politically safe here. And I want to say, we have um, a mix of economic um, range, including people who rent, like myself, I rent my apartment, which my kids my kids were all born and raised here, um, and I also rent my my small business here in Andersonville, and which is people, a, a dance studio, right? Which is a dance store. So we so Michael, we we have dance things like shoes, ballet slippers, oh, okay. and tights and leotards. But we also have my friends 
Rod and Melanie and Jenny, they teach tango on Monday nights at eight o'clock. So come and dance tango with me um, at eight o'clock on Mondays. And seriously, Michael, I think that if I could teach everyone tango, I think this world would be a much better place. So we can have a whole nother conversation about how that. I've got an al album of, uh, of all kind of uh, tango music from Argentina, I think, where my daughter had gone to school one summer. Um, uh, I remember Argyle, you live in some neat, you know, you've mentioned some neat neighborhoods. I remember when Argyle was still a lot of country and Western bars back in the old days, uh, the late really? 60s. Uh, things do change, and uh, a lot of times they change for the better. Now, let me ask you a question. You are running against a guy who other people have told me is a pretty good guy. I think probably Harry did support him. Uh, his last name is Dunn. What are the differences between you and Mr. Dunn? And why would people want to vote for you? Well, what I'm hearing every day from voters on the street is that they they are so excited to support somebody who has deep roots in the community, someone who's an advocate for our public schools, who value local small businesses and vibrant corridors, and somebody who's been working with people in coalition with groups and individuals and elected officials, not only at the local levels, but at the state and the national levels, to make this world a better place for all. So I have been talking to voters every day and what they what what they want, what they tell me at the doors, at the train stations, on the sidewalks, on the way to school, is that they want someone like me, who is an independent person, who can get things done, who has a track record of doing so, and who loves their community. Well, you certainly have all that going for you. Um, what are your what is your team doing in the final days leading up to the election, which is April fourth? What do you guys uh, when you talk to the, your volunteers and uh, what are you working on? You going after unions? You going after organizations? You just meeting people? Share some of the stuff. Well, yeah, I'll I'll share some awesome news. Like we we've been endorsed by many folks, including recently Brandon Johnson. So not only am I getting out the vote for myself, but for the next mayor of Chicago. Um, and also the Illinois Nurses Association. Both my parents were nurses. They came here from the Philippines uh -huh. um, to be nurses on the South Side, South Chicago Community Hospital. And um, one people's campaign, Asian American Midwest Progressives, uh, Victory Fund. And uh, recently Maria Haddon came out for me and she actually walked with me. In fact, we walked the border between the 49th and the 48th boards, which is really exciting. And we have more exciting endorsements to come. So that's one part of it, is just getting as many people to see that there is momentum behind this campaign. Not only elected officials, and for instance, Lily Wachowski from The Matrix is a co-host of our next fundraising event. And um, not only like people who um, have name recognition, but also people from the community. So business owners have gotten behind me too. So that's really what it is. It's showing momentum, um, you know, in window signs and in yard signs and people talking on the street. And every day I'm doing the work of getting in front of people at the train stations, on the sidewalks, at the doors, on the phones, um, to make sure that people are reminded to vote again, again, Michael, 
Michael, we must vote again. Okay. <laughs> on, <laughs> on April 4th. Chicago, we can vote as many times as we want. <laughs> we have to vote again. And hopefully we'll change this, this, um, this, uh, uh, you know, one time. We'll, we will change this with ranked choice voting so that we don't have to spend all of our time and resources on another election. But really, this is what the work is. So we have a, we have a full plan with a fantastic team, including our campaign manager, our volunteer coordinator, our, our campaign coordinator, and everyone on social media just spreading the word that it's time to vote again. And early voting starts next week. So if you have your mail-in ballot, you could prepare. It's a very short ballot, Michael. So <laughs> it's a very short ballot. So please do it because it's it's really important to get out the vote and and to let people who can't vote yet, Michael, know that elections are important. And even though they can't vote, I'm talking about young people, people who um, are not yet citizens here or, or who can't get their citizenship here, to know that they they are here and we see them and we will be your vote. We are gonna vote with our values and vote for people who can push and represent, represent the people in this ward and make things better for everybody in the city of Chicago. We, we're gonna vote for them, even though you're not old enough to vote. Um, we're gonna vote for you, um, even though you might have to change your voter address, which by the way, you can do on election day. So please do that. Um, we're going to vote for you. If you forget to vote, please don't forget to vote though. I want everybody to try to make a plan to vote. That's what we're going to do. And it's going to be in every single precinct. We have 35 precincts, 35 precincts in the 48th ward. And so we're asking every single person, if you are a person who votes, bring five friends, and tell those five friends to vote, and tell those five friends to vote, and tell those five friends to vote. Because you know, Michael, how it works. Democracy is better when we are involved and engaged and informed, and also we get behind the candidates that best represents us. And that awesome. takes, yes. You're doing great. Uh, you have a new uh, a state rep over that way too, right? Hone, is that his name, or how do you- Han Win, yeah, Han yeah. Win. Is, is the state rep in the 13th district, which indivisible IL-9 helped elect. And yeah, we had him on the show way back when he was running. And I, I just, uh, I know you, the, the, you know that district is overlapped. So I just thought I'd bring that up and hopefully he'll be out there for you too. Yeah, Han Win is great. And also he's a model of what it takes to win elections. Yeah, he really did it. <laughs> yes, he he really did it. He re, he did it with his feet, and he did it with his words, and he did it with his heart, and we he did it with working one on one with people, letting them know that he's running, because that's really the 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 first part is to let people know who you are, and to to make sure that they get out to vote after that. So please, if you if if you know of anybody, Michael, in the forty eighth ward. Don't worry, I'm going to tell them all. I'm I'm twisting arms, and well, it's not very hard. You're pretty popular, I got to say. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, Michael. You got any big plans for, uh, let's assume you become the older woman. Uh, what is, uh, uh, what do you got any great ideas? I was playing around with an idea like you could lead outdoor tango classes uh, on 
every morning out in the parks. I'm telling you, I am ready for that. I seriously, I'm ready for that because I think that, look, we're still living in pandemic times. We are. And people are traumatized. And I believe that art heals. And so bringing in creative ways to bring people together, to bring back humanity in our experiences, and that includes doing things in real time. This is great, Michael, I will have to say, like being on Zoom is very convenient and I can see you and I can hear you, but also there's nothing that replaces being right in front of a person. I hear you. Being heart to heart and with an embrace together and moving as one, two bodies uh, and, 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 uh, and four legs and one heart. That's, that's what we want to do. We want to move together and like in a way that moves people forward, not back. We want to go forward. Well, we hope you dance to victory, sister. And uh, we wish you a lot of luck. And uh, we're going to spread this video as far as we can, uh, as locally as we can. And we're going to look forward to talking to you when you're in the council. Um, and give us a little clues how the new progressive majority might be shaping up. Thank you, Michael. I can't wait for that day. Thank you so much for all that you do, for being the local voice for all of us. All right, sister, we'll see you. And everybody, we're going to take a short musical break, and we'll be right back with a closeout of Live from the Heartland. Stay tuned here on the left end of your dial. Okay, we're back with Live from the Heartland. We're going to finish up here with a few announcements, a little bit of information. This has been our show for March 18th. We recorded it on the 15th, and you can get it on uh, youtube.com slash heartlandmedia. You can get it at Google and Spotify podcasts. We're on air and streamed on Saturday mornings on WLUW 88.7, and we're on Can TV on Thursday nights at 9 o'clock. Um, uh, one sad thing that I, I need to mention is that Richie Marks, who was involved with the band Yama and the Karma Dusters uh, back in Rogers Park, way back in the old days, and we're talking the uh, early 70s, 
Al Goldberg reported that Richie passed away. He was living out in Colorado. He was quite a guy. There's a lot of stories. Uh, and you can still get the Yama and the Karma Dusters album. Uh, I think it sells a lot in Japan. And they were a great band and great asset to the neighborhood back in the day. I want to thank our guest today, Lenny Mana Hoppingworth. And we also had from the Brandon campaign, Amisha Patel. We also had Tom Clark popping in for a little bit. So that was all good. Um, I want to encourage you all to uh, do what Athletes United for Peace do, and that's to do sports, not war. Um, want to thank the people who make the show possible. That would be uh, Katie Hogan, Tom Clark, uh, Lynn Orman, and Hal James. Uh, I also want to uh, encourage you to watch or listen to, excuse me, our sister shows, which would be uh, Hitting Left, the Klonsky Brothers, or Mike Klonsky on Lumpen Radio, as well as Thorn Dryer uh, with the RAG blog and the RAG show out of uh, Austin, Texas. And... Um, you know, I just point that out because there are a bunch of older radicals doing good things still. And uh, I'm going to point out that John Melrod is coming on the show with his book, Fighting Times, organizing on the front lines of the class war. That will be, I believe, April 8th. We've got a lot to do. We've got to go vote uh, coming up on April 4th. You can start voting on March 20th. Uh, you can help out up in Wisconsin in that Supreme Court race. There's a lot you can do to contribute to the world, to the society, to your own neighborhood. So do good the world. The world needs all the good that you do, that I do, that we do together. All power to the people. See you soon. Have a great week. Are you doing the best you can? Over the mountain, under the big blue sky, you got a dream awaiting. I can see it in your eye It may not come easy But you know you've got a friend I'll be by your side the entire ride Just let me hear you say amen Are you doing, doing Are you doing the best you can?